Hello listeners, this is Karamjit Singh from Digital News Asia and we're going to actually start with Kiran who's got an interesting story based on are our graduates ready? Will they ever be ready? Will any graduate anywhere in the world be ready for IR 4.0? So this was a survey done um, and it was launched on August 15th. Uh, the survey was done by IDC in collaboration with Inti University and Inti Colleges. Inti University, ah, okay. Yeah. Uh, the title of the survey was uh, Future of Work, Graduate Readiness versus Industries Advancement Towards IR 4.0. Okay, a bit of a mouthful. You should have just said Future of Work. But anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real mouthful. But they are assessing uh, graduate readiness. Uh, that's the important yeah, bit of okay. it. Yeah. And um, so at the event, mm-hmm. the CEO of Inti, Tan Lin, Mm -hmm. She said the reason for doing the study was basically to gain an understanding and appreciation of IR Mm 4.0 from the perspective of the parents, Mm -hmm. students and the graduates that they had. Oh, so they interviewed three different groups. Correct. So uh, out of 560 respondents from INTI, uh, the divide is around uh, 300 students, 100 graduates and 100 parents. And then IDC also surveyed uh, 90 employers from a separate survey. Employers also? Okay, that's nice. So it's like a a holistic view. Okay, that's good. It's not just hearing from one party. Okay. Correct. Cool. Um, and the head researcher Jensen Oi, what they did during the session was they shared the findings first, and then after that they had a panel discussion. Okay. Uh, a few representatives from the industry. So give us were the there. key findings then. Okay, so uh, and one what of, struck you? Like it may have been key for them, but what what struck you then? Okay, one very very interesting point was that thirty percent of the students that filled up this survey said they feel completely unprepared for IR four point um, for the IR 4.0 enabled workforce. Ah, and this is uh, Inti students some more. Yes. Are these, are, these students are diploma oh, yeah. degree. Was, it, was it an anonymous survey? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, but I'm sure, I'm sure it was, it, yeah. like, So that people are more frank, right? Yeah, I, don't yeah, know I mean, that's admit, the point, yeah. right? Correct, yeah. um, but I think, so 30% of students believe they're completely unprepared, but okay. I think it might not be an indication of whether or not they're prepared. It's just how they feel they also. Feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and a mere 5.2% believe they are fully prepared. Liars. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what they're like. Five point two 5.2% are overconfident. Is that what you're saying, Jaram? Yeah, so overconfident. Okay. I don't know what they mean by fully prepared because uh, unanimously, everyone agreed that the academic training itself um, is, un- is uns- insufficient for the real world. Everyone? You mean all the unanimously. students? Unanimously. Oh, wow. Yeah. Unanimous. Unanimous. Hey, man, yes. that's very interesting. But I guess this 5.2 probably do something extra on the outside, probably have an in- internship experience or something yeah, of that maybe. sort okay. to make them feel like they're prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and 11.6% of the students, only 11.6% of the students have taken up additional certifications um, to basically hone their technological yeah. skills okay. and... Why this is such a small percentage is because the bulk of them say uh, time constraints and, and lack of value. Lack so, of value. Uh, so they don't feel it's worthwhile making the investment. Okay, interesting. Time so constraints, that, I can understand. Yeah. I mean, being a full-time student, it's not easy. Sure, yeah. um, but lack of value, I don't know. Maybe it's just lack of direction of what certifications to go for. Maybe. Also. I, I know there's a, there's a student uh, who's, who's uh, in uh, doing his uh, diploma in software engineering at HELP. Mm-hmm. And he is telling his friends, my son is one of his friends, hey, he's just got absolutely no time to do anything else on, on the site. Or there's so much coursework. You know? I Correct. say, good, mm. if, the, if the program, that's why like the places like, like Monash, uh, uh, APU and, and Help, right? They've yeah. got very strong reputations for producing graduates, Correct. 
uh, the, the curriculum is very robust and you've got to make the students work. Uh, I mean, there, there's several I mean, there's several aspects to it. One is, okay. is the curriculum robust, as you say. But secondly, and I, I think we discussed this uh, a bit earlier today, is whether students have an appreciation of how these skills apply in the real-life scenario. You, you never can have that appreciation until you're in the workforce, right? Yes, Absolutely. you can I have mean, an inkling of it through an internship yeah. or a work placement, but that gives, That's your first inkling, yes, yeah. Sir. Otherwise, you, Zof, you cannot appreciate. Like, I mean, I couldn't appreciate... Uh, I, I did broadcast journalism, right, in, in school, and I couldn't appreciate it until I came out into the workforce. And I still have not appreciated being a broadcast journalist because I came out and I became a print journalist. So, <laughs> right, no matter what you study, until you come so, and apply, right. you cannot appreciate it. You sitting yes. in front of this microphone is you coming home to your roots. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I never thought of it. I mean, I, yes. I tell you, my, my first, okay. uh, I worked for the school newspaper and I was about 14 when I, uh, when I started to do that. Secondary and that was, school. Okay. And that was like my... Before that, I had no idea so. what it was about, yeah, right? And there's then, no reason I, you should. Okay. And then after that, I realized it's about filling column inches and uh-huh. getting a certain yeah. amount of words down. <laughs> you get into the nitty-gritty, but also then you realize that how important it is to craft, uh, to tell a story well so that people will read it, right? Because you're putting in all that effort. But okay, sorry, we're, we're dis- dis- no, digressing. But, from, but I, think, okay. I, I think whatever experience you can gain while you're in a the learning student, environment yes, yes. Is, is actually, I think, valuable. It is yeah, critical, yeah. Definitely. And, and people people may, may mock interns as being photocopying co- oh, coffee no, making no, I machines I think that's an old mindset yeah well I mean any company who, who doesn't use them uh, for more I think it's uh, a company that is not, not really equipped for the, for the current and future world right yeah. I would say I that. mean yeah. here's, I mean, a, here's yeah. a chance to assess whether this yeah. uh, student would be a good place for true, your company true. when they graduate yeah. exactly. and if you uh, if you have them doing work that yes. is not yes shame on you yeah, and mean, by the way I was sorry yeah, I was uh, in my grab yesterday the, the lady who was driving me was a, a unit university student right Mm -hmm. she's doing a degree in building information management or module BIM building information modeling and she said that her internship will only come in the final semester it's two semesters a year right and I'm thinking that's wrong to do it in the last six months of your program it should be done at least the first six months then you've got six more months to go or it should be in the third year but she said it's not so I was a bit disturbed by that because I know the trend is to push your internship earlier Mm -hmm. right uh, maybe in your third year, fourth year feels to me that too too late. Some degrees are, in, are three years long, so. But yeah, but yeah. that but kind of survey does also indicate areas in which Inti can perhaps do better if to create the link. And the fact that employers point. employers are there listening to this, right? Uh, yes. I hope they are. I mean, there's the flip side to all this, and the truth is this: mm. sometimes people who answer surveys don't really know what they're answering. That's true. That mm. also That's yeah. so it depends on when they're answering and all. But okay, so Kieran, a few a few more points because we've got to a move on points, to the next um, story. The study also revealed that 63 percent of students um, and graduates were unable to articulate what IR 4.0 entails, meaning they couldn't okay. explain that's what fine. IR 4.0 I don't, is. I think that's overstated. Like, if you remember when... I don't know. Don't, no, you can disagree with me because when we were students, you know, whatever the trend was then, I'm sure, you know, if people ask me, hey, you know, do you know what's going on with, you know... Uh, uh, automation maybe or computers taking over right because I, yeah. I was a university yeah. student in 89 I would say yeah I, I would just say I think uh, I think our jobs may be affected but I think you still need people to write articles so as a journalist you know, I think I'm safe <laughs> maybe other jobs so I at think that the high awareness, level you can uh, so okay yeah the awareness of knowing that your job will be affected important. to a certain extent yeah. is important but okay. having to explain what yeah. the revolution the is, is yes. might not be so valuable to them and okay. I think this is a point that Edwin our colleague highlighted he said like even if you put five CEOs in a room and you ask them to explain what IR 4.0 is they may not be able to mm. do it so yeah. what more 
didn't more yeah. students, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think the director of Pricewaterhouse had a point to say about that. Yes, too, right? uh, so the executive director of Human Capital at PwC, Cap- uh, PwC Malaysia, she was there at the event, Salika Suksuwan. She said she's not too concerned of whether the statistics show um, that less than 50% of graduates ah, can explain IR okay. 4.0. Yes. Uh, to me as an employer, she said, it doesn't really matter whether or not uh, I'm not worried about the graduates. Okay. My worry is upskilling people of my generation. Your generation. She's okay. referring to the Generation sure. X. Yeah. Um, we have lower digital skills than the graduates yeah, coming that's in. that's me, man. We're Generation X. So, uh, Jensen Oi, the head researcher, he yep. said that, you know, we should implement more IT subjects across all uh, disciplines. All academic disciplines are fine. So he I suggested, think that's what HELP is doing, I know. Yeah, okay. so he suggested design thinking and cybersecurity. Oh, okay. um, design thinking, INTI is already doing it. So it's a compulsory subject for all their degrees. Nice, nice, nice. So nice. that's great. For oh. analytics, I think I mentioned, for HELP University, it was mandatory for everyone, including staff, uh, to take a course in, in analytics. And they started this three years ago. So credit mm. to Dr. Paul Chan and his wife you know, for instituting that, very important. And by the way, when you talk about cybersecurity, I know in Asia Pacific University and, and Dato Paramjit and his CEO was telling me that once they started uh, uh, offering cybersecurity or so, yeah. he said a lot of their software graduates, when they were coming out, they had two or three job offers. Man. Mm. Isn't that just heavenly for, for any graduate or parents, right? For, yeah. your, for, I mean, for your kid to have that option, incredible. That cybersecurity is just like the X factor for them, right? To have that skill set in whatever major you're doing. I mean, I mean, right now, our uh, in-house uh, cybersecurity expert, yes, <laughs> Lopas, me in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I worry for you guys if I'm the expert. Uh, the, but uh, I mean, that's the that's the hot study yeah. areas right now. Cybersecurity yeah. one, yeah. obviously, uh, data yeah. science yeah. Is, yeah. is the other hot one. Yeah. Now that is not to say, by the way, mm-hmm. that four or five years down the road, that's necessary to s- going to still be the case. I mean. Okay. Oh, yes, yeah. security will still yes, be yes, important. Yes, 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 data will still be important. Yes. But I think, remember when Malaysia went a bit gung-ho on biotech? Mm. And a yes, lot yes, of, yes. A lot of students were there. Yeah. 2004, yeah. yeah. Putrajaya uh, International Convention Centre. Yes. yes. And, and then a lot of students went abroad to, to study this biotech. But unfortunately, when they came back, the way the biotech industry okay. had developed mm. in Malaysia was mm. not quite in line with what... Yeah. So... Uh, to the parents out there and to the institutions and the students, I think the real overall trend that you need to take away is that change happens very, very yeah, quickly absolutely. these days. And it has to be something that's constantly revised. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and to, the point, yourself, yeah. to the point that you're worried, I'm not so worried about the young ones, I'm worried about the ones of our generation yep. having to reskill. Yep. I think that is the... Uh, no, and I think that we'll end it there, but I think the headline is spot on, like Kiran, right? To cope mm. in an IR 4.0 world, grads must take charge of their own learning. So if you want to take away one key point from this nine-minute discussion is that graduates must take charge of their own learning. And I think they they cannot say that they don't have time. You got to make time while you're a student, you know, to to do an additional certification. Not only only to do an additional certification, if I may interrupt, I think it's very important for students to have the initiative to just... Do internships on your own, even mm. if the university doesn't have that yes. work placement yeah. unit yeah. for you. It's up to your own initiative because that's Absolutely. what will differentiate you from the other graduates Absolutely. at the end of the Karam, day. Uh, Karam pula. Kiran, you want to talk to some of my nephews and nieces? Just yes. I, I would. I tell all, I tell all, all my cousins this. Yes, exactly. They're like these 17-year-olds. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. <laughs> What's your passion? <laughs> I don't know. My <laughs> 16-year-old has the same. He, he can code, right? He knows a few software languages. But say going to software, go and do a diploma in software engineering. Like, no, no, I don't think, I'm not sure if that's what I do in life. Yeah, you can never be sure. Just listen to your father do that in life for once. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh well. But anyway, okay. the article has other points also from the panelists. Sure. So okay. yeah. for the, they, they got to read that because yes. we've spent too much time. We've got some to very valuable us. insights shared there. So yeah, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, very valuable <laughs> insight. Go and read Kiran Kaur Sidhu. Kiran Sidhu. Kiran Kaur Sidhu. Kiran Sidhu Kaur. Okay. Kiran Kaur Sidhu. Kiran Jit. Yeah, Kiran Jit Kaur Sidhu's article, <laughs> and you will not go wrong. With that, we're going to take a quick break before we come back with what Zoff has to share with us. DZAZ in the house soon. Ever wondered what leadership is all about? Is it developed over time? Or are people just born with it? We believe there is a science behind leadership. And we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world. Over our range of shows, tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leaderonomics, the science of building leaders. And we're back as of the, the mic is yours. Yeah, so while everybody else was heading to Singapore for school holidays and, you know... Um, despite the interest exchange rate, not interest rate, exchange rate. <laughs> yes, despite the exchange rate. Uh, it's like when I convert ringgit to Singapore dollars, I don't want to convert back. <laughs> That's the feeling <laughs> right now. Um, uh, a company called Micron, uh, they make memory chips. Uh, okay. um, they were launching a new extension to their fabrication Is plant. Micron a Taiwanese owner or American owner? It's American. It's oh, an American, American company. Um, and uh, they, they were launching uh, this new extension to their fab plant. Oh. Uh, by the way, they have two fabs in Malaysia also, right? They have two in Malaysia. They have, 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 have. They have. Okay. They have. Uh, and I, actually, I have news about that as well, but I don't, I, I don't think I'll talk about okay. that, sure. that news. Okay. Yeah, that will be for future. <laughs> okay. Future um, podcast. Uh, they have one in... in, in um, in Penang and one in Moa. Mm, okay. Moa of all places, right? Yeah, cool. So that, that's Moa also rocks, man. <laughs> Moa rocks, yes. Um, and and what, what, what's interesting is mm-hmm. that they intend to make it like a, like a center of excellence for NAND. Uh, now, N-A-N-D memory, NAND memory okay. is... And uh, what does that mean? I used to know it, I forgot. Shame uh, on me. It's, uh, so don't worry, if a tech editor has forgotten what NAND is, you guys are all doing fine. <laughs> well, but the important thing is okay. that it's, it's, um, it's uh, the kind of memory that uh, keeps its memory even though it has no power to it. Uh, so like yeah. the memory you get in your like USB exactly. uh, drive, would remember, even though you take it out, it remembers what the memory yes. is. Okay. And uh, the, the real application for it now is obviously instead of your old hard disks that okay. spin, yep, yep. <laughs> uh, you can use this, you know, um, which is much faster, of okay. course. Uh, and it's used, I guess, is an integral component in your solid state, dri- solid state drives also, right? Yes, that's yeah. right. I mean, so so this is a, something called 3D NAND technology. 3D? Yeah, oh. where, where you sort of stack the, the layers. Okay. Um, so I think currently it's at 96 layers and mm-hmm. they're obviously looking to go at 128 layers. Really? Yeah. So it's getting finer and finer. Uh, so it's, yeah. And if, even at 96 layers, you're getting, I think you're getting up to two terabytes in terms of how much space. Storage. Huh? Storage, right? And obviously when they go up, that mm. will go up again. So, I mean, that that's where the competition is right now. Yeah. Uh, Samsung is the leading oh, really, uh, yeah? brand oh. and Micron is uh, number two and number I three. I thought TCMS is always leading, right? When it comes to anything around the semiconductor uh, world, yeah? your, your Taiwanese I, Semiconductor Manufacturing Corporation, I think, TSMC. Wow, I even remember the acronym, man. Cool. So, so I knew you were going to mention that. I would have brought out the chart. I have the chart somewhere. Oh, okay. that has all, all oh the rankings. Okay, the, fine, fine. Uh, That's not important. So, okay, they're, they're in Singapore. So, so obviously, Singapore government did a lot to... To uh, woo and lure. Well, I, I don't think entice. so. I, I don't think so much woo. I think Micron oh. were very happy to open it in Singapore. Ah, okay. But I think Singapore 
their relationship with the Singapore government and the economic development board hmm. is, EDB, okay. uh, is, is good enough that there are a lot of wrinkles were ironed out. Okay. They were reluctant to explain in detail how exactly this was done. Really? Uh, but, they don't give away their trade secret. Well, they, they, kept, they kept saying, oh, we're very grateful, we're very grateful, we're mm. very grateful. And, and a lot was made, the fact that this entire FAB plan was done in 54 weeks, I think they constructed it from groundbreaking. Yeah, a year. Yeah. Wow. Which is amazing, yeah, actually. Yeah, it's really yeah. amazingly fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, and the, the thing that really got us, so when you talk about FAB plan, you have certain pictures in your head, mm. right? But they took us on a tour. Mm. And you'll like this, Karam, because they took us there yeah. in these driverless buggies. Oh, driverless which, buggies. <laughs> yeah. like showing off. La. Yeah, like the small parking lot <laughs> environment can. La. No I big mean, deal, no big deal. For I mean, us uh, seasoned tech people, no big deal. So, so I talked to the NUS uh, kids who I mean it's their project the the, oh, the driverless the, the driver's buggy is a NUS project uh, in collaboration okay. with Micron okay. and it's part of the effort for Micron to sort of showcase this as a what they call smart manufacturing okay. so in industry 4.0 okay. there's like this awesome high-end manufacturing uh -huh. right so it's everything from the fact that uh, you have a lot of data collection. Mm -hmm. um, I think how a lot of data collection in this plant. Oh, from the from the machinery. Yeah, from the machinery, data. yeah. Okay, okay, understood. So, uh, I think they said something like ten terabytes a day. No. of data Are is generated. Is generated. It's not. It's not. They don't keep all of it, but yeah. that's how much data wow. is generated. And um, wow. And, or, or will be generated, maybe I should say that, more accurately. That, that excites the geek in me, man. I'm worried, man. Okay, I'm yeah. becoming geekier, man. <laughs> so so that's, that's one half of it. Okay. But, and the other half of it, of course, is the level of automation now that mm. exists in the plant. And sure. they, they These are already high. I've been to semiconductor plants where they're extremely highly automated. So mm. you mean they've taken up another notch? I can't imagine. So so you, I, I mean, you, you, have, you have these, I can only call them robots mm. that move around independently mm. and pick up this uh, stacks of silicon wafers in each stack they say it's about mm. 10 kilos mm. and they kept you know they kept they kept mentioning it's a laborious labor intensive oh. uh -huh. repetitive task okay. that now can be done uh -huh. and and then when you go into the plant mm -hmm. It's amazing they have like imagine a track system on the ceiling oh, okay. right yeah. and all these uh robots these robots on tracks yeah, the robot in the arms, ceilings yeah. right and it's a complete like rail system so mm -hmm. they can turn left they can go straight oh, and it's okay. like there's you know these things can you can sort of tell them go to this top right corner and I'm picturing just, tubes so they're okay. rails uh? they're rails like yeah. you, you imagine them upside down like, I'm sure, like yeah. they said there was 36 kilometers of rail in there how large is the plant well, I that's mean, insane it's not, it's, not, it's not so much. I mean, it's the way when you see the rails. Yeah, back, yeah, okay. Back they track and move, around. Yeah. And did, are they giving? Are there visuals of this that we can use in the article? Because I'm, I'm sure anyone listening will want to picture that. So we're trying to get the video. <laughs> they oh. did not. Uh, they were adamant oh. that we could not take our phones oh, out okay, and take okay. uh, photos okay. or whatnot. Understood. They were absolutely yeah, yeah, non-negotiable yeah. <laughs> on that part. Okay. Uh, it seems normally for a person to get into that plant, if you are a new person mm -hmm. and you have to go to security, normally it takes half an hour oh, wow. to process. Wow. Okay. <laughs> we we kind of walked in because we were like pre-screen, I guess. Yeah. So the then the question hmm. that goes to your okay. mind is that what happens to the workers? Yeah, yeah. At the moment, they employ about 8,000 there. Really? At that high? Even though it's so highly automated, that's a huge amount. I'm no, no, that's shocked. not. That's what is already there. Yeah, because okay. this is just an extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but still 8,000 for a semicolon well, plant is incredible a number. I think I, it's incredible. I mean, I mean, I have to be... I'm really surprised at that. I have to be uh, a bit more precise. Okay. Because they didn't say they employed 8,000 oh, people. Okay. They 
they have they have 8000 talents or i i i'm not talent means people lah unless they count yeah. unless they count a robot as a talent now sneaky no, no. fellow so what, what i mean is they might they might count all the support services yeah, uh, yeah. which are Understood. not on the plant but yeah. you know there'll be yeah, yeah, i mean so, okay. um and and then during the so um Uh, Mr. Heng Sui uh, Heng Sui Kit, who mm-hmm. Kiet, who is the Deputy Prime Minister of Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, announced that there'd be another 500, right? Which actually doesn't sound like a very large number, mm. but seeing about how much of it is automated, automated you're beginning yeah. to. In fact, the Singapore government was very keen to highlight that it's mm. going to be high-end talent. Yeah, but it is it's de facto given life. You're going to be in a high-cost place like Singapore, of course, mm. it has to be, you know, a high-end talent. Yes. So when we're not talking about just. Anybody, you know, you have to have the, you have the skills. You need to have the skill set to do it, and and there was, and this was something that's not in the press release. That's kind of in the speech and not there. The question is, what are you going to do with the existing talent if their jobs are going to be yeah, automated? Yeah, yeah. And this is the number. Uh, ever since McKinsey put out that report last year, right? That said, how many millions of jobs are going to be mm, lost by 2030, yes, Right. Yes, so this yes. has been the recurring question, and they tried to head it off oh. by. Presenting this as an opportunity. Ah, okay. So, so it, I mean, what I have to admire about the Singapore government mm-hmm. is that they talked about it not as like um, an oh existential <laughs> threat, <laughs> but to say like now we have these high end jobs yeah. and Singaporeans can can like improve themselves yeah. and yeah, reach yeah, for yeah, the stars yeah, yeah. and go for these jobs. You know, Singapore is like saying like it's like oh, there's an island we need to get you to. All of those you who know how to swim, who know how to build a boat. Congrats, you can get to the island. Malaysia is like, hey, we build bridge for you lah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Government yeah, yeah. initiative, yes, we build yes. a bridge for you. So <laughs> that that was like the big difference I saw. Okay. And over and over again throughout yeah. the day, as we there was me and there was another journalist from India, and we sort of tried to get a handle. Only two journalists went for the event. No, no, there were more. But okay. the the two of us were the ones that kept question, oh, asking questions okay, about okay, yes, about the future of work uh, and okay. what's the work look what like. What about the compliant Singapore media? They were like, size to you, semua boleh. Because we got Malaysia, Malaysia boleh deh, semua boleh. Well, they don't. They did ask questions okay. at the press conference, mm-hmm. but they tended to be very more like how much is going to be invested mm-hmm. and and things like that. Yeah, like. yeah. Whereas whereas the the my colleague from India was saying things like, you know, uh, it's estimated that in India uh, automation will take the place yes. of 10 people. Wow. Like one robot will take the place of 10 people. Yeah. Is this what it's going to be like? Yes, no, yes, he was yes, asking yes, like that. Sure. And and. And the thing was that Micron is really, really reluctant to of talk course. about, uh, and and yeah. they much rather focus on the need to reskill, reskill and upskill lah, yeah. and upskill. And and I think you're going to see this happening with more companies in the future. Absolutely, the, 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 there's going to be one side that's going to mm. be talking about it in terms of opportunities, yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's going to be another side that says, "Hang on." Sure, sure. Um, I quoted to them the statistics from the American car manufacturing mm-hmm, industry. Mm-hmm. Productivity in car manufacturing industries now are higher than they were oh, in 2000 okay. because uh-huh. because of robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they only employ 70% of the numbers of workers. Wow. Okay. So, so what happens to 30%? 30%? That's that's yeah. the question. Well, they're going to have to look for other roles, lah. Because you know the the fact that humans are the dominant species on the planet is because we have proven an ability to adapt, right? And, and to learn and relearn and unlearn. So that's been the history of human, humanity, really, if you look at it. So, you know, there, there's no ifs and buts about it. Everyone has, got, has to get on the plan, man. 
Yeah, I mean, Everyone even even, to. even our jobs are risks as mm-hmm. as writers. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it is, I'm looking yeah. at some RSPs, you know, some some <laughs> some bots to come in. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll help you. I, I need your help to train the bots before I release your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, train your replacements. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. With that, anyway, uh, we got to go, and then I'm going to have a, a quick segment or so shortly after this, where we're going to talk about the Malaysian government and a new policy announced. Ever wondered what leadership is all about? Is it developed over time? Or are people just born with it? We believe there is a science behind leadership. And we want to help you understand it. Take this journey with us as we hear from renowned leaders from all over the world. Over our range of shows, tackling key spaces in different industries today. Leadernomics, the science of building leaders. And we're back and uh, we're going to talk about a, an assignment G covered on, actually it was on, on a Friday, the, the, the 10th of, of August. This is about Gobit announcing that the government is going to come up with a digital content ecosystem policy. It's the first time a policy had the word ecosystem, has the word ecosystem in it. And the idea is to boost gaming and animation exports. So whatever you hear, they're coming up with this policy to help the ecosystem develop further in the hopes that we can boost our gaming and animation exports. And we've got some numbers here, which is that uh, animation constant, right, uh, for Malaysia. We, uh, we've, in, we've exported it to 120 countries with about uh, 39.3 million US dollar in export, which is uh, 165 million. This was for last year. And by the way, for the, the number, so this is, sorry, for this is for animation, right? Whereas for gaming sector, the export value in uh, 2017 was 163 million US dollars, which is 684 million ringgit. So we've got over half a billion ringgit of of gaming, you know, export in the country, which is quite significant, yeah? Which is why they're going to come up with this policy to help boost that further. And this was a 48.7% increase over 2016. So gaming, uh, you know, the, the gaming ecosystem and animation ecosystem is going well. And this policy is designed to help accelerate it further. Now, uh, Zoff says that his, his uh, cynical uh, radar has gone into overdrive. So, Zoff, uh, well, what are your concerns here? Now that you started with my cynical radar going yes. into overdrive, I must temper it a bit. Okay. That, uh, I mean, one of my friends and former colleague, uh, Hasnol, mm. you know Hasnol, mm. uh, and, and he's been saying... Oh, Hasnol from MDEC. Yeah. Uh, because Zoff, by the way, in his past, was a member of MDEC. Before it was MDEC. It was when it was MDC. <laughs> yeah, MDC, Multimedia uh, Development Corporation. Corporation. That's right. <laughs> um, but, but he's been quite supportive about it on, mm-hmm. on, online and in the social media, okay. as it were. Uh, so so if, he's, if he's up for it, then I, I mean, I, I value his judgment quite highly. Uh, and, and yet, having said that... I do that, too, I do too. Uh, yeah. In, in, in Hasnol, we trust that. Hasnol, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening to this, uh, yo. Um, but... Uh, I think, well, first, they used the word ecosystem because otherwise it wouldn't spell dice. <laughs> you think so? I, okay, I, don't know. I mean, forgive the <laughs> That's cynic. being very cynical, man. <laughs> I never would have thought of that. Okay. Uh, but, but, I mean, I mean, to what extent? I, I guess we need to see what, what, what really, yeah. what really the, are the, the initiatives. The, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, firstly, the, I think a lot of credit to the companies in Malaysia that work in this space yes, and absolutely. some of them do really, really, really excellent work. Yeah. I think it's super underappreciated 
how tough it is to pull. Oh, incredible. Yeah, because your competition right from day one is global, uh, by yes. the way. Yeah. Yes. And, so and people are not comparing your game with, hey, these local games, and this one very good. No. Because people are buying games based on the game they like. They don't look at country, oh, this Malaysia game I'm not buying. Not at all. Yeah. I, I'm, so I'm, incredible. Even, even uh, and, and I'm going to give some love to the uh, uh, Upin and Ipin film okay. that came out earlier this ah, year. Okay. Um, I Which I've not yet caught, but I want to catch with my kids. Okay. It's, it's like the highest grossing Malaysian-made film, I think, for, yeah. for this oh, year. For this animation I thought Bobo Boy had overtaken it, oh, no? maybe I, it? I don't know uh, I, I well, could be wrong but there could be one in two lines both are animation shows by the way yeah? Yeah, yeah. awesome I mean Les, Les Kopak said that it, they, it, they had a budget of like 20 million ringgit or something along the line took 4 or 5 years oh, to make okay. but, but actually the movie I thought was well Fantastic. made I, like, I love the first movie Oh, you love the first yeah. movie? Oh, the second movie is better okay. actually I'm definitely going to go catch it so, so the quality certainly okay. is there and 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 these top end guys are already catering to the global market. So the question is, what is the government going to do that's going to be add on value to, to this to this already? Well, we right? wait. But the good thing I like is that uh, the policy is going to be inclusive, and they're going to go on roadshows, right, to engage with the ecosystem, to stakeholders. So it'll be a policy that is not created in isolation. And actually, we never do create policies in isolation, I think, at least not in the tech space. So Gobin, in his uh, speech, you know, he says that we're going to. We're, we're poised to further you know, grow our position as a games development hub of the region. And he feels that we're attractive to digital content and creative tech studios because of our youthful demographic, access to talent with cultural influences. Interesting, not just access to talent full stop, with cultural influences from the East and West. And the higher education system, he says, that has a focused tech tech, tech track, which means that our higher education system has already embedded, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, uh, computational thinking or design thinking, right? Mm. And, and technical competencies, you know, as part of the module. Uh, so that's kind of interesting that he mentioned that. And the policy is going to be spearheaded by MDEC, of course, who else, right? And it's going to focus on, okay, attracting investments from local or from overseas, building the local talent further and companies and strengthening the ecosystem through government and private sector partnerships. So... I think they, at a high level, they're saying all the right things. Yes, and we I, have to wait and see whether this is what will happen. I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to address things like learning curve. It's going to address things like work-life balance. Because G was there, brought up the fact that there's this unhealthy thing about the crunch. They used the word crunch, which is that grueling, grueling. Oh, did I pronounce that right? Work schedules that cause developer burnout. Mm-hmm. And there are also predatory monetization methods that use gambling mechanics to entice players to spend on, on loot boxes. And I've actually not heard the term before. So, Karam. You know, so when uh, what loot boxes, I haven't loot heard the boxes. term before. Oh, very hot topic conversation. Really? Uh, good. Yeah. I've got G space, la, so yeah. he knows that. So he says that Gobin says, look, of course, we're, uh, this is learning for learning curve for us. And we're looking at it from a very practical point of view. And if there are problems, we will. the government is always there to make sure that this can be, we'll be able to deal with them. I was a bit uncomfortable with that when you said the government is always there. So if there are issues like like loot boxes or you know or, or crunch you know issues, they should be handled by the industry itself. Like you know you form a coalition. There's a maybe the Malaysian gaming industry you know association, the Malaysian gaming animation association. They are the ones who should should tackle yeah, that, not government. I think but, government but, but, has no role to say, guys, we think you're working your people too hard. Can you please do something? I'm not comfortable with that. But but you okay. need. I mean, at least for the hot topic of loot boxes, okay. uh, the EU in mm-hmm. Europe mm-hmm. Uh, feels that there needs to be legislation. Oh really? Yeah, interesting. Of some okay. sort. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I wasn't so aware. Okay. so 
the the other of, the other question of course that comes to mind is is this putting us on a collision course with Singapore? I was in what sense? Well, I was in the taxi the other day mm-hmm. in Singapore, okay. and the taxi driver was very proud that Lucas Arts is it Lucas Arts? Yeah, yeah, uh, Lucas uh, Arts. Uh, uh, yeah, they've know, been there for like twelve yeah. years or fifteen yeah, years, and saying yeah. like, "No, oh, this is the kind of wonderful companies yes. that are Fair. opening up and everything." Yeah. And 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 you should have just get him. Hey, by the way, actually, I'm here. They apparently they're moving to Malaysia. Like, you should have just get him, lah. <laughs> see, I just just to see his face drop. Uh, but but whether hmm. whether this is a. Uh, perhaps maybe starting to cross into a space where where Singapore believes they are attractive to uh, MNCs and they always and have been right? that's why Lucas Animation is there and mm. you've got you know some other studios also and of course some studios now have quietly been relocating work to Malaysia also yes. and to Philippines yes I got the reality on the ground after many years has not met the expectations and again this doesn't matter but you're good enough that you attract the, the you know the big brands to come and relocate and set up in your country and when the reality is not there it's so easy to move jobs Right, you, you, somebody has got a broadband. I want you to have a 500 megabit, you know, connection, and I can employ you in Malaysia or in Johor. I, I think so. Be it. I think there's a good conversation to be had not today about whether mm-hmm. entrepreneurs in Malaysia, uh, the characteristic of entrepreneurs in Malaysia, mm-hmm. are they more creative or less creative, or there's no difference with entrepreneurs that come out in Singapore. I think oh, that's a that's a very interesting topic. Huh? Yeah. That, so that was something that was raised the other day, and mm-hmm. I was wondering. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we it, should have a round table on that. I mean, bring in the people <laughs> from Singapore. Yeah, definitely. I would love to have that conversation. Okay. With that, we'll 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 end the show. Um, have a good two weeks ahead. You know, or a week and a half until our next show. Uh, and remember, tech rocks. You've been listening to Leadernomics FM, the science of building leaders.